I just want to say thank you for leading us in singing and in the word. I want to say thank you to you for singing so well. I love congregational singing, and I get to sit up front and hear the voices uh, of the congregation singing. And even when the words disappear on the screen, you knew they were in the bulletin, or you knew them by heart, and we sang together. And one of the things I love about the season of Advent and the season of Christmas is, is hearing and singing the familiar songs that remind us of the truth of our Savior's verse. And one of my favorite songs to, to hear and sing during the Christmas season, and it's been especially one of my favorites this Christmas season, is that beautiful hymn, O Holy Night. You know that one? You probably heard it a lot on the radio. We don't often sing it in church because it's not that easy to sing and it's not that easy particularly for a group of people to sing together but uh, I'm guessing if some of you are like me you might find yourself playing a, a soloist in the shower or as you're driving in the car and nobody's listening and you try in your best vibrato to to move up the scale from you know that oh holy night all the way to oh night divine you can tell that I don't do that uh with other people very often. Both the tune and the words of that hymn, particularly uh, of that first verse, capture for me this season especially the essence of Luke's account of that holy divine night in Judea some 2,000 years ago. That, that long, languid pining of a, of a weary world in, in sin and in error, suddenly rising with the announcement of the angels and then the appearance of our Savior and, and this kind of crescendo of, of hope and joy in a new day, this dawning and worshipful praise with the angels. And one line that has, has stuck out to me, particularly this year, as, as I've been studying and we've been looking together as a church at Luke's uh, narrative of Jesus' birth has been the line, a weary world rejoices. A weary world rejoices. As we've seen in the Gospel of Luke, he, he gives the most detailed story of the birth of Jesus, and it resonates throughout not only the, the early chapters, but throughout Luke's Gospel with this theme of joy. Luke wants us to see that the, the story of, of the world welcoming and finally meeting Jesus in the flesh is a story of a weary world finally finding great joy in the birth of God's promised King and Savior. And it begins with the birth of, of John the Baptist, the one whom God sent to be the forerunner, the messenger to prepare the people for Jesus and in Luke 1, chapter 13, that angel appears to Zechariah and he says to, to him, Your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. Even before the, the, the baby Jesus was born, the Lord's message was a message of joy. He promised Zechariah and Elizabeth that into their, their long wait, their, their wearying desire over their whole lifetime to have children and that hope not coming to fruition, God would give them a son who would bring them joy. And the people would rejoice at the birth of John because he would pave the way for the coming of the Lord himself. The joy that, that God's people longed for and waited for would ultimately that they would ultimately have in the coming of Jesus was so real, it was so intense that they would feel it ahead of time 
through the message of John as he came and set apart to declare the coming of the king. Indeed, the joy this coming king would bring is foreshadowed again by John in Luke's gospel. While he's still in Elizabeth's womb, he leaps for joy at the arrival of Mary, pregnant with the promised Savior to be born. And when her baby was born, that very night, we know the story, the angel appeared to some shepherds and he declared, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the peoples. Those poor, unsuspecting, weary shepherds were experiencing firsthand that holy night that we sing about. And in their weariness, they are met with good news of great joy and a whole chorus of angels singing the praises that we have sung ever since. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. And so we rejoice. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. He has appeared and with him a thrill of hope brings rejoicing to a weary and broken world. With the arrival of this baby, great joy, fullness of joy abounds for all who will believe in him. But interestingly enough, Jesus's birth was not the last word about that Luke gives us about our joy. Even in the midst of the very worst circumstances, the awful persecution of Jesus and his, his followers by those who did not receive him, Jesus' message remains the same. Rejoice. He says in Luke chapter 6, Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day. Leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. You see, the story of the world meeting Jesus in the flesh is the story of a weary world finding their hope in heaven and in the God who had come to rescue them. Those of us who rejoice at Jesus' coming, we still feel the weariness of the world, don't we? We still feel the burdens of life. We still feel the pains and the struggles that come in a broken and weary world. Some of you are probably feeling those right now. We still suffer weakness. We still suffer the afflictions and the depressions of this life. And we still lay long in sin and error, pining for our Lord Jesus to come again. But we know that the weariness, we know that the suffering of this life has are nothing compared to the glories that are already ours and which await us when he comes again to bring us home. And so because... Excuse me, because of that great hope, though the battle continues to rage for a few relatively short decades here in this world, and we experience losses along the way, we can, as Jesus says, rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So even today, as we celebrate another Christmas in a continually weary world, we rejoice. Nothing in this world can undo or diminish your joy in Jesus. No sin, no sorrow can separate you from his love. Nothing can keep you from experiencing ultimately the everlasting happiness that he promises. 
And so on this holy night, as we celebrate our dear Savior's birth in Bethlehem long ago, we rejoice in knowing that he was born, ultimately to die in our place. He went to the cross. He received the punishment and the penalty for our sin that we deserved in death. He died to purchase for us the joy that the angels announced to the shepherds that night of his birth. And then three days later after his death, he rose again from the dead. And he turned all that sorrow of his disciples into joy. And he turned all of our sorrow into joy. Indeed, all of scripture points to the joy to be found in this savior, this baby who was born on that first Christmas night. He was a preacher of good news. He was the son of God crucified on the cross. He was the king who conquered the grave. And he was the one who brings fullness of joy as a gift to a weary world. Luke, at the very end of his gospel, after witnessing the Savior that came down as a baby, ascending into the, heaven, ascending into the heavens as a man and promising to return again, he says this of his disciples. He said, they worshiped him and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. The king that was born in a manger and died on a cross did so to conquer sin and death for us and to bring joy to a weary world and rest for our weary and burdened souls. So I just want to ask you tonight, do you know true joy? Do you know the true joy, the great joy that Jesus gives? If not, you can come to him right now. And fall on your knees, as this song says, believing the good news of great joy that your Savior was born. And he died and he rose again and he lives now to fill you with joy. Ask him to do that. And to give you the hope of heaven that he promises to all who are his.